Welcome to the City Podcast, a ministry of Ambassadors Church in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. If you'd like more information about our church, visit our website at wearethecity.org. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you are blessed by today's word. Let's just get into the word this morning. James chapter 3, verses 3 through 12. We're on part uh, 4 of our series on James uh, part four, and, and so we got a couple more things to talk about, uh, but James chapter three is where we're heading, uh, verses three through 12. I could do a verse-by-verse study series on this book, but it would take us literally all, all year, and so I'm kind of jumping a little bit ahead in the book. James chapter three, verses three through 12. If you're there, say, I'm there. I'm there. All right, my dad is, and we're going to read. My version says, when we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell itself. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by man, but no human being can tame the tongue. It's a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With the tongue, James is dramatic, uh, but, but it's, it's true. If you've ever been hurt by a tongue, you know, you know the deal. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. The word of the Lord. Let's pray this morning. God, thank you so much for a beautiful day. Uh, God, the sun is shining. Uh, Spring is coming. uh, And we're just grateful for that. And so, Lord, I pray that you would speak life into each and every person that's in this place. God, I don't know everybody's story, but I do know that your word is able to meet them at the point of their need. So, Lord, would you minister powerfully, effectively, boldly, clearly, I ask in Jesus' name, through the power of the Holy Spirit. And everybody said, amen. 15,000 worth of anything is a lot. Uh, the, the number 15,000. Uh, if I gave you 15, uh, wrote you a $15,000 check this morning and said, do whatever you want, uh, have to, we're praising God for that. That's a lot of money. Uh, I, I did some calculations. It would buy you about 4,000 four for fours at Wendy's. Uh, $15,000. What would you do with $15,000? Pay off student loans. And all the students said, Amen. Pay off some debt, pay off some credit cards, pay off some stuff, maybe buy yourself something nice. Go on a vacation. Anybody go on a vacation? Go on a nice vacation, nice extended vacation. Uh, take some, some needed PTO from work, you know what I mean? Just kind of relax. And, and 15000 goes a, 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 lot, a, a long way. So, so 15000 is it's a big number, 15,000 pounds. That's about... That's, that's like a, a I, th- I did the calculations. I think it's about, uh, I'm not going to give my weight away, but it's, it's like me times a, a big number, and it would make up 15,000. 15,000 pounds is also the weight of a large elephant, in case you didn't know. Uh, that's, that's, you know, just for, just for comparable sake. Uh, 15,000 hours of work at your 40-hour-a-week full-time job is about seven years' worth of work. And so, uh, so 15,000 hours is a long time. 15,000 days 
is uh, if you're over, anybody over the age of 40 here, you've been alive for, oh, yeah, John, you've been alive over 15,000 days. Uh, so, so there you go. It, it's, a, it's a big number. You know, 15,000 is a lot. 15,000 of anything is a big number, but so few of us stop to pay attention to the on average 15,000 words that we speak per day. Uh, studies are out there, and they say women say about 20,000 words a day. I don't know if that's true or not. And then that same study says that men only say 7,000 words per day. Seven versus 20, I don't know. But, but on average, I've, if you Google it, there's a ton of websites that have a whole lot to say about how much we're talking. Uh, and some of us are more, and some of us are obviously way less. But on average, they say a human utters about 15,000 thousand words a day. That, that's a lot of words. That's a lot of talking. That's a, that's a lot of stuff. And, it, and it, it, it brings me to the book of James, where James is talking about the power of the tongue. We know the verses that says that there is the power of life and death are in the tongue. Have you ever been blessed by somebody and it builds you up? And have you ever been criticized by somebody and it tears you down? I was watching a sermon this week by uh, Pastor Erwin McManus of Mosaic Church, and he was, uh, and it was, a, it was an interview, and there was uh, somewhere they were saying like, you can receive a hundred uh, words of blessing and encouragement, but if one person says a word of criticism, the thing you walk away from that conversation with is actually remembering the one word of criticism. Have you ever been there, just deeply hurt by what people say? Words are not just words. Words are powerful. Words are. Words can move people. Words can make you fall in love. Words can make you fall out of love. Words can bless. Words can curse. Words can build. Words can destroy. Words can motivate. And words can also freeze somebody. Words can change somebody's life and Words can really uh, alter somebody's destiny forever. Right now, what you're hearing is a whole lot of words. I'm, I'm saying words, and, and what your brain is doing is it's taking the words that I'm saying, and it's forming the phrases that you are making sense of. Words are powerful. Words communicate a message. Words uh, uh, can trigger feelings when there are certain words that bring joy. There are certain words that bring disgust. There are certain words that we call curse words that are, that are words that you only, that should never be uttered, but are uttered in moments of anger and rage. And there are words that are meant to motivate and encourage and bless. Words are not just words. I, I don't think we should just be mindless in what we say because by, the Bible says that the power of life and death is in what we are saying. Words are powerful. Can you turn to your neighbor and say some words? Just tell them words are powerful. Words are power. Any talkers in the house, you love to talk. Like your, your definition of a good time is sitting down to talk. All right. How many of y'all are not talkers? You prefer to be the listener in the conversation. You, you'll sit and you'll listen all day long, and that's nice and intern. How many married folks are in the house? Make some noise. and you know, All that joy all the way up. How many of y'all have a spouse that likes to talk? How many... How many listeners, listening spouses do we have in the house that just listen? Not just here, not, but also listen, right? My mom's the talker. My dad's the listener. My wife's the talker. I'm the listener. It's, it, it, there's just always like a, a nice little balance. Words are powerful. In second grade, my teacher was Mrs. Estrella. 
She was a petite white woman with a short haircut, grayed hair, uh, and she was a phenomenal teacher, right? Uh, it was, she was one of the standouts of my, you know, my time in school. Second grade, this was about 1996, uh, 19, yeah, 1996, so about 23 years ago at this point. And, uh, and I don't remember anything from second grade specifically. I don't remember anything Mrs. Estrella said. I don't remember any of her lessons. I don't remember any lesson plans. I don't remember anything. Like, it's obviously kind of just, it's part of me now, I guess. That's kind of how you learn. But I remember one phrase that Mrs. Estrella said about me on a report card once. Uh, she wrote a comment about me on that report card, sent it home to my parents. And it it was basically, this is essentially what she said. She said, Shane's a great student, does well, but Shane is a chatterbox. (laughs) Shane is a chatterbox. And, and my mom said, and my mom, my mom, I didn't even know what a chatterbox was at that point. And, and I was like, chatter what? And, and, and so my mom's like, apparently you're talking too much, which is odd because you're a very like shy child. So what's going on? I guess I was just kind of feeling myself, made some nice friends. And I was just, I was, I remember that year I was really talking a lot during class to these two kids that were sitting next to me. And, uh, and so I really wasn't paying much attention to anything really. And, and, and so I really was chattering a lot in second grade. But now, 23 years later, I look back to second grade, and you may be like, what do you remember from second grade? I remember nothing other than the fact that she called me a chatterbox. 1996 for me was Mrs. Estrella calling me a chatterbox. And I'm not mad at her, because 23 years later, I'm on a platform with a mic chattering. So apparently I am a chatterbox, and maybe it was prophetic. She was a woman of faith, so maybe it was prophetic. I don't know. I'm not going to go that spiritual, but, but possible, right? Like, she identified a quality in me that nobody else had even seen. I, Shane was known as a shy child. Shane was known as, you know, in his place, not really, do, doesn't ruffle any feathers. Like, I would sit in church, second row, piano side, and if I needed to pee, you don't pee until the service is over kind of thing. And, and service was not like this where it starts at 9 and we're done by 10, 20. Like, no, you're, you're in for the long haul, y'all. Uh, we, we're, we're in. There's like five parts to services. It's not worship transition word. It's worship, 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 announcements. Mad announcements because we're recognizing everybody that went overseas, back from overseas, who's everything's recognized, and then we're having everybody stand up and say hi to. Everybody. By the time you get to the sermon, you've been there for a good couple hours, and then you're. It was, this isn't the mind of a six-year-old. Maybe it wasn't that way, but I feel like from some of y'all faces that were there, it was that long. Eldon's like, yes, hallelujah, you were there, and uh, and, and and so. And then the sermon, you know, we, I went off to kids' church with, like, Mrs. B and Tia Alcinda and Tia Alicia and them, and, 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 and it, was, it was fun and all. But we were in kids' church forever. It wasn't like drive through children's church. We had snack. We were, like, we were sitting down for the long haul. We'd watch full-length movies, and the service was still going. And uh, so I was known just, like, as a quiet child. And, but, but Mrs. Estrella identified a word, chatterbox, and that stuck with me ever since. Ever since, my eighth grade teacher, I think I told you this story. One time she said, this is a word, she was a woman of faith, this is a Christian school at that point. She said, Shane, you are special, guard your heart. And she would tell me that every single day. Guard your heart, Shane. Guard your heart because you're special. Guard your heart because you're special. I don't remember a thing from eighth grade. Pre-algebra? I can't even, you show me that book? That thing looks crazy to me now. I have no idea, don't remember any of it. 
for you math whizzes, good for you. I don't remember any of it. What I do remember is that she said, guard my heart, because words matter. One word from 1996 is with me till, uh, till this day. On a stage, 23 years later, in 2019, I remember that Mrs. Estrella called me a chatterbox. I remember that Mrs. Cabral said, guard your heart. Folks, what you say matters. What you say matters and how you say it matters. Folks, words can build and words can destroy. Words can, words stick with people. Man, have you ever just been deeply hurt by what somebody said? Folks, I don't want to focus on them. I really want to focus on the fact that God wants to use your tongue to bless people. Because I don't want to give the devil more credit than he deserves. The devil's out using people. We're all out. We've got to protect yourself from all these. No, I think that the best remedy to the toxicity of people's words is the blessing that's going to come out of your mouth. Because I want this church not to be a church that's known for being a a church of talkers, a church of chatterboxes. But I I believe that this church is called to be a church of people that bless and encourage and motivate and build up. Because we believe that words matter. Words are important. Words are special. And there are far more words to bless than there are words to curse. And so use the tongue and the mouth and the voice box that you have to give God praise and to bless people. Because a word of blessing, if, if a word of criticism can stick for 23 years, then I believe a word of blessing can last a lifetime. Amen. And I want you this morning to fix your focus because your life is going to be filled with those who will criticize you and those who will bless you. Criticism is part of the game. There's always going to be somebody that has something to say about what you're doing, wrong, right, or otherwise. Silence those voices and focus on the words of blessing. Yes, Mrs. Estrella called me a chatterbox. You know what? It's all right. Because 23 years later, I'm chattering away the gospel of God, and it's okay. Because everything that anybody has ever said about you can be turned around and actually used to take you closer to the purpose of God for your life. Words matter. Matter. What you say matters. How you talk matters. You can't just roll up on people all aggressive like that. Got to take it easy. Introduce yourself. Say hello. My name is. You can't just jump on people's neck because they did something wrong. Got to learn how to talk to people. I think Christ is better because sometimes we think evangelism is us beating our Bible and saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven draweth nigh. No, I think, I think evangelism is you taming your tongue. You at your job being a Christian and knowing how to talk to people and showing them grace and forgiveness. Sometimes I think the power of God is best displayed through your silence and through your words that maybe don't even mention Christ. But people can see the light of God in the way that you talk to people. People can see the spirit of encouragement all over you. When you refuse to participate in office gossip, they're like, something's different about that person. You don't need to walk into the break room and say, the kingdom of heaven draweth nigh. Repent. Baptize today. Here's the water bottle. Let's ba-. No, that's none of that. Let's, 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 let's dial it back a little bit and say that I think our best witness is in the way and the words that we use. Your temperance, you're you're slow to anger, you're abounding in love, you're an encourager. You walk in and you're not criticizing everybody. You walk in and you're actually blessing people. You walk into church and you're not sitting on the opposite side of the sanctuary for somebody that you don't like. You're you're, you're squashing beef and you're creating unity because you're not interested in what the devil wants to do in in the midst of the saints. I, I believe that small things matter, words matter, the details matter, what we say matters, how we say it matters. 
Don't just be like, well, that's just the way I am. But, but that's the problem is that's just the way you are. And that's why we need to let the Holy Spirit of living God handle the way we are. This is the word. Now, I know the book of James is not like me stomping all over the stage saying revival, transfer, but, but, but this is practical help. You feel me? Believe me, I could transfer. I could do those sermons all day. I love that, right? But I think the practical Christian living stuff of us just talking to people right is helpful. We got 52 Sundays a year. We got to take a couple of them to straighten some stuff out. Got plenty of time for us to get some content in. Are you with me? Can you, can you, can you tell your neighbor, not in a non-judgmental tone, talk to me right. <laughs> talk to me right. <laughs> Did you know everybody's worthy of respect? Everybody's worthy of respect. Even disrespectful people are still worthy of your respect. You got to repay evil with good. Did you see how they rolled up on me? Did you see how they talked to me? Did you see? No, I didn't. I didn't. Because blessing cancels out curse every time. When you rise to the high road, what you do is you abandon that person right there on the, 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 the road of their negativity. Can't lower your standards because somebody else did, did you wrong. Did you see what they posted? Let me post more and longer. Then you're jumping on a thesaurus and getting synonyms for big words just to make it look like we're... You got to chill out with all of that. And we got to be blessers, man. Use your social media platform to bless. Social media is powerful. Everyone's like, social media is Satan. I think, I think if the disciples had social media, they'd be using that thing to get the word. They had to go in rowboats and... and, and Step on snakes to get to where we, we, they were trying to take the gospel. And we're over here with a powerful tool that can launch a message to the ends of the earth. And we settle for petty arguments. Petty political arguments. Oh, well, they, they did this and he voted for this. And they voted for and, and what we're doing is we're adding to the noise. Use your voice to silence the noise. Words are powerful. Posts are powerful. Posts are powerful. Don't get offended on me. Posts are powerful. You with me on this? Words are powerful. What you type is powerful. Texts are powerful. Think twice before you click send on that scathing text that you just typed. Here's what you got to do to release that, that anger. Type the text the way you want to say it. Erase it. Pray. And then write the spirit guided text. Because at least you got it out, right? Maybe, this is, maybe I'm going to be corrected for this unchristian teaching, but I think it helps because sometimes we just send stuff in the moment. You know what Alini t- teaches me? She's like, don't respond yet. Isn't that good? Because you know what happens when you sleep on a text? You wake up to the sunshine the next day and you're like, they didn't mean it. <laughs> or maybe they did, but it's all good. And I will give you one more word of encouragement. I haven't even gotten to any of my points, but it's all right. I'll extend this to next week. Is this, sometimes if things are getting a little bit testy over text, call instead. Because tone is everything. And we've diminished tone to emojis now. We'll essentially like tell them off and put a smiley face at the end thinking it lightens it. 
or we'll say all this negative stuff, comma, LOL, as if that fixes it. <laughs> LOL don't fix it. Emojis don't fix it. Talk to them over the phone. Let's go out for coffee. I think being in person, talking to them is going to help you kind of squash some conflict because, man, unresponded texts that are tense will bug me the rest of the day. Anybody? Folks, I'm that kind of person. I'm just like, oh, no, what are they thinking? What did I do? I start like, ooh, did I use the correct words? I start getting like a, I start pulling my, my can you read this? Does this sound tense? You, you know what I mean? You just start like thinking through everything. Don't overthink it. Words matter. Words count. Is this helping anybody this morning? I don't know if I'm preaching to myself. I kind of am, but, but I, I really want to just help you because I think that this is just as much part of Christian living as anything else. Negative self-talk will never lead you into a positive direction. And if words are powerful to other people, I think words are just as powerful when they're directed to yourself. I was talking to Pastor Manny one time, and we were sitting down for coffee, and he's one of my mentors, one of the guys I really look to as a point of reference in ministry and preaching and everything and leadership. And I, and I was like, Pastor Manny, what do you do when you're tired? Like, like as a pastor, it's kind of like a weird job because you don't really clock in, clock out like that. It's kind of just like clock in. And then when you die, it's clock out. Like, that's just kind of, that's kind of what happens. It's kind of all the time. And so what do you do when you're tired? And he's like, tired? Because if you know Pastor Manny, he's always at like a thousand energy all the time. And I can't relate. I can't relate to that. Uh, and so you got to surround yourself with people that have strengths in your weaknesses. That's another word. But so I, I was, I'm, he's like, no, I can't tell God I'm tired because if I tell God I'm tired, then... I've maxed out my capacity. I can't handle anything else. And if I want to grow, I can't be tired with what I already have. And I was like, Pastor Manny, that's why you're the man, dude. Because I'm over here like, dang, I'm tired. City Boston's tiring. Sunday morning's tiring. 9 a.m.'s tiring. And this dude's jumping on a flight to go to New Mexico, Texas. Still preaching with the same flames that he has when he's on a full night's rest. And I'm like... That goes to show me that the way you talk to yourself affects what you feel. And maybe he is tired. But you can't let your tiredness stop you. So instead of you being like, I'm so tired, you got to start getting the verses that are going to speak some strength into your spirit. And you start saying that like Paul's because Paul got Paul went through everything you ever been through. So he's like, when I am weak, then I am strong and all these things about like receiving strength. And you got to start talking in a way that's going to give you more strength. Have you noticed when you're down and you start saying down stuff, you feel downer? Right. You just want to put on the slow jams. You want it to start raining so you can see the raindrops on the window. And you just start being like, dang. And then you look at your phone after three hours. Let me see who hit me up. It's only Old Navy, right? Like you just, you know, just all of that just keeps happening. Old Navy had the nerve to email me something on Saturday saying, hey, stranger, it's been a while. I'm like, Old Navy, you lying. You email us every day. They're probably emailing me right now. But Old Navy is the only one that shows us love. Like, like nobody texts, nobody cares, nobody likes your post. Right, you worked like an hour on that post with the right filter. You got three likes in a half hour. You're like, dang, and it, this is real life. This is real life. This is real life word. 
but, but words are powerful. I, man, something else that Alini's taught me is you gotta, you gotta start talking, talking in a way that's gonna make you feel better. You, she used to tell me this all the time when we were dating. She's like, I know you're in your thoughts right now, but just cancel it out. I'm like, Alini, what do you mean cancel it out? Overthinkers don't have a cancel button, Alini. You can't just cancel. Okay, cancel. Okay, happy day. No, it's not. But canceling out is replacement. You cancel out by replacing it because your brain can only handle one thing at a time. So if I'm over there in my feelings on Saturday, feeling all tired from Friday, dreading to come to church on Sunday, and I'm over there with rain's falling, I'm out the window, got the slow jams on with my, with my blanket, the worst thing for me to do is start saying, dang, I'm so tired. I can't do this. I, I'm not cut out for this. I, I don't know if I can do it one more day, Alini. But if I get up, and I shower, and I put on some deodorant, some cologne, and you pull out a nice colorful shirt, and you go out, and you buy a nice little meal that you can afford, and then you go and, and you, you text some friends, and, and you get yourself a cup of, of coffee, and you, you do some things that make you happy, you're going to have a better day. Because self-talk goes a long way because words are powerful. Instead of allowing the enemy to tell you how you're going to feel, you start telling the enemy what you've decided to feel. I am not defeated. I am above and not beneath. I am more than a conqueror through him who loved me. And, man, I'm preaching to myself more than I'm preaching to you this morning because I need to start changing the way Shane talks about Shane. you got to start changing the way you talk about yourself. Because when you start discouraging yourself, you're playing into the enemy's tactic. You're giving him exactly what he wants. You start believing the lies. You start believing that you're less than. You start believing the comparison. You start believing that you don't have what it takes. You st- and guess what? You start negative self-talk. You start feeling sick. You start getting nauseous. You get that headache. You got that tension in your neck. Because bitterness and deceit it manifests itself in physical form. I believe that completely. Folks, there is nothing more toxic than, the, than holding on to bitterness. You feel it in your bones. You feel it in your muscle. You feel it in your head. You, you're young and you're over here feeling like you're a hundred because bitterness does that. The psalmist says it. That contains sin wears down the bones. What's David saying? He's saying when you hold on to that sort of stuff, it wears you away, destroys you. Negative talk destroys you. We got to start living above that. Are you receiving this word this morning? Man, like Pastor Manny, so, so I still struggle with the, like, the whole conversation that I have with him because sometimes I'm like, but I feel tired. But just because you feel tired doesn't mean you need to act tired. Just because you are weary doesn't mean you got to give in to that weariness. You got to keep going. It's not you. It's the Holy Spirit of the living God through you. That's going to empower you to do it. And that's the secret to the Christian life is when you can't, you got to give God access that he can do it through you. You don't know how many countless dozens, if not hundreds of sermons I've preached to this point that is not, well, it's always going to be through the Spirit. But I have never, where I don't feel like it, but it's the power of the Holy Spirit 100% doing it. And I get off and I'm like, what was that? That was God. How many Saturdays have I felt like not doing it? But it's the power of the Holy Spirit that makes you do it. 
Folks, this may not relate to you and your circumstance, but it kind of does. Because you're going to have that feeling where I don't want to do it. I can't do it. I'm going to start comparing myself and scrolling through everybody else's highlights. And I'm going to feel worse about myself. When the Holy Spirit gets a hold of your life, you're going to see that you are going to step into the supernatural. And you're not even going to recognize the work that God is doing in and through you. If this is the word for you, can you say amen this morning? Stop talking yourself down. Talk yourself up. What you say will either build or destroy. Tyler, can you help me out so I can kind of wind this thing down? Because we're soaring at 30,000 and we got we to gotta land the plane. Thank you. Got to talk yourself up. Start feeling yourself a little bit. Don't get cocky, but feel yourself a little bit. Confidence is good. Confidence is contagious. Y'all, the enemy wants to keep you down. Can I give you something? You got to discern. Because this is spiritual. Spiritual. The enemy would like nothing less than to rob you of days, moments of joy and fulfillment. We have no time to waste. Staying in bed all day so we can avoid. We can't do it. I've done it. I've done it. Last weekend, I did it where I was just in my feelings. And I'm like, I'm just going to stay here all day long. Because as long as I'm here, I don't have to do nothing. And I'm just being vulnerable with you because maybe you've been there too. And maybe you're not there, and that's okay. Not all of us are the same. But I want to speak to that person who's ever faced that like I have. Man, God wants to rescue you from that. So you don't have to stay there in the pit where the enemy wants you. Because the enemy knows that I'm effective in what I do. Yes, he does. And so if he can keep me in bed, then he's going to stop me from my mission. So I got to get up. Yes. And I got to preach again. Because if I can preach that to myself, yes. maybe it won't touch anybody, but at least I'll be alive. And, and at least I can keep going. And man, it's hard sometimes. And I get weak and weary and tired. But then the Holy Spirit gets a hold of me again. And reminds me of why he put me on this planet. Yes put me on this planet to talk to people about Jesus. Thank God he gave me a wife that's going to encourage me when I'm discouraged. And she encouraged me to get out of bed when I, when I just want to stay there. And maybe you're like, Shane, you're crazy. I don't care if you think I am. Because I know that the enemy's out there to steal, kill, and destroy. And he'll use whatever it takes to mess you up and to destroy your destiny. If I can remember what Mrs. Estrella said in 1996 then surely I can remember what God has said about me today. Jeremiah 31, I have loved you with an everlasting love. If I can remember what Mrs. Estrella said, surely in my moments of despair, I can say I am loved with an everlasting love. Church, you are loved. You are loved exactly as you are. Imperfections, struggles, hard days, good days. God is not expecting you to be a success at everything. He is just expecting you to be loved. That is your identity. You are loved by a loving father. And even if people have turned their back on you, God's never going to change his mind about you. He loves you eternally. And even if you are the only person to ever exist, Jesus would have still decided to suffer and die on the cross just for your sins, just so you could have 
new life because God is that good. This morning, we're going to leave here better off because if Mrs. Estrella's one word of chatterbox was powerful, I believe that the word loved is far more powerful. And 23 years from today, you can look back to this morning and say, I remember one word, and that word was that I am loved. I am deeply loved. I am eternally loved. I am forever loved. But Jesus is not the kind of lover that only has something to say. He proved it by suffering and dying on Calvary's cross and saying the powerful and eternal words, it is finished. Words matter. Words count. And when Jesus said it is finished, he meant it is finished. There is nothing else that you need to do to gain the approval, the favor, the blessing, the grace, or the forgiveness of God. You are set free. Words are powerful. And the most powerful words you need to walk out of here with is it is finished for me on my behalf. I am loved and loved eternally. You're loved. Words are powerful. Words matter. Words change destinies. And and the three words, it is finished, changed the destiny of humanity. And this morning, those three words can change your life. Could you stand with me all across this sanctuary?